Welcome to Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life, where we invest in what matters, God and people. I'm Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com, where you can learn to know and show the heart of God. And that's what counts. Thank you for joining me. Good morning. I am so uh, happy today to introduce you to three friends who are two are sisters and all three are friends and they all live in the beautiful sunny snowy state of Minnesota and you'll probably hear that in their accents. My husband's from Iowa. I didn't mention that girls. Oh okay. So, uh, we have uh, relatives uh, even north, north north of where he's from but he said he'll never move back so sorry we can't be neighbors. Uh, <laughs> It's Kristen and Kendra and Julie, and they write together, and they're going to be telling you a little bit about themselves, and they are called the Ruth Experience. So, Kristen, start with you. Tell us a little bit about your family. Each of you do that and uh, your vocation, and um, we'll get into legacy in a little bit, but first, a little bit of an introduction, if you would, please. Sure. My name is Kristen Demery. I have been married to my husband for almost 13 years. And we have three daughters. They're eight, uh, ten, and almost five. Had to think wow. about that for a minute. Um, and my background is actually in journalism. Um, I did that for many, many years. And then once I started writing with Kendra and Julie, I went more uh, freelance. And so I still do quite a bit of writing and editing, but that is my, my full-time vocation. Wow. Great. Okay, Kendra? Um, I'm Kendra. I am married to my husband, Kyle. It'll be 15 years in another month here or so. Uh, we have five children. Oh. They range in age from 29 down to five. Um, that's because we did foster care oh. for a number of years and adopted three of our five kids from the foster care program. So um, we have quite the span of, of ages and all of our kids live locally close by. So uh, we have a full house most days, but um, I actually am a clinical social worker by background. And um, like Kristen said, once we started really writing together, the three of us, um, I sort of stopped doing that and have been full-time writing now um, for the last couple of years. Um, but it, I find that it's very similar to what I did in social work. I love, I've always loved stories. I've always been passionate and fascinated and encouraged by people's stories. And so I feel like it's very, even though it's a different profession, it's also very similar in that I still get to share stories and, and, um, just be able to listen to, to people's, you know, hearts and, and what's been going on in their lives. So. My question is, how do you have five children and write? But we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Julie? So I'm Julie. I'm the only non-biological um, sister friend in this trio, although they do claim me as an adopted sister. So um, there's that. I live in central Minnesota in the same town as Kendra. I've been married to my husband, Aaron, for 18 years. Um, we have two kiddos. So I have two official teenagers now a boy and a girl in my house so that's a whole new phase that we've entered into um i am an attorney by background i practiced for 15 years i've not been practicing for about three years although i do teach a business law class at a local college which keeps me i love i'm kind of nerdy i love the law and legal things and so it allows me to keep like one foot in it yeah. um 
but like Kendra, you know, I used to be a storyteller. That's what I was as a profession as an attorney. I was telling my clients stories. And um, so now I'm just a different kind of storyteller. So I think we all three have been storytellers, our entire professions, just we're doing it in a slightly different way now. And don't you find uh, that people listen and learn better when we're telling a story rather than telling them what to do, especially with our own children? <laughs> You know, stories just resonate with people differently than just about any other kind of information. Mm -hmm. I find that sometimes I only remember the story and not the application, but that might be my age. (laughs) No, I think that's... (laughs) I feel like it's part of that, uh, the appeal of stories is that it's it's hard to argue somebody's story. You know what I mean? If that Mm -hmm. is somebody's authentic experience, it's really hard to argue against that. And so... I think that's one of the reasons it's much more effective than, like you said, trying to, you know, come at somebody with facts or, you know, tell your kids what to do. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, that would be a great write-up as to why I do story. Uh, but I have so many other questions. Uh, what if you tell me, Kendra, you tell me why you uh, called yourselves the Ruth Experience. Sure. So, um Julie, we met her in 2003. She moved to town. And then um, several years after that, she and I were part of a little church plant. And we were actually looking at um, starting a group. We had grown up in, and speaking of stories, just found them to be so powerful. And so we, I had grown up in a faith tradition where we would have like a tea and testimony night. And so we kind of decided we wanted to do that same thing, but, but the women who were coming to our little church plant were a lot of women who had no um, church experience. They were younger. They, um, they came from a variety of backgrounds, and we just kind of figured calling it Tea and Testimony Night, they just wouldn't, they wouldn't know what that meant. They wouldn't come. What's um, a testimony? <laughs> exactly, right. And so as we were praying about what do we call this, because we, we know the power that is in hearing one another's testimonies. So what do we call it to, to be able to gather women? And so as we were praying, we were reading, <clears throat> excuse me, through the book of Ruth and just really kind of struck by the story of Ruth and Naomi and how they did life together, how they journeyed together, how they um, experienced joy and heartache and pain and all of the things. And so we kind of thought, well, that's sort of what we want these nights to be like. So we decided we're going to call this the Ruth experience. Um, and so we named those, um, and we did several of those where women would come and they would share their stories. And then as we were, uh, the three of us coming together and deciding to write, we were like, well, what, what do we want to call this online space, our website and social media and all of that? And we realized we wanted very much the same thing in that realm as well, to have this community where women could come and they could be encouraged and they could hear authentic stories, not just from us, but from other women as well. And, and, um, and so that's why we decided to call it the Ruth Experience. It's also the title of our first um, self-published book that we put out. Uh, was called the Ruth experience as well. So we love the book of Ruth. <laughs> that's great. I think that's yeah. a great explanation. And I, I didn't know that story. When did you know that you three could work together? Because I think that would be, there's a lots of writers listening to this and they're probably going, I think I would only risk that uh, after lots of prayer or whatever, because you kind of are independent in your writing and you want to make sure that if you're connected with someone that they're representing your passion, your values, your actually your talent, 
um, maybe that sounds vain, but it would be maybe scary for some people to collaborate. So what helped you know that this was the right thing to do? You know, we did life together for so long. We met each other in our early 20s. Mm. Um, and we didn't start writing together until, well, there is a span of age amongst the three of us. But <laughs> we were, it, well, most of us were well into our 30s. <laughs> Two of us were well into our 30s um, <laughs> when we started to write together. And we had done a tremendous amount of life in between that. So there had been um, loss and graduations and marriages and babies and foster care. I mean, we just had lived through a lot of life, the good, the bad, the really hard. Um, so we knew each other and we were all on the same page as far as just our faith journey, our faith walk. Like we had developed spiritually together as much as we had developed um, as women. You know, there's, there's just this growth that you go through and you get so anchored with one another as you live all those kinds of pieces of life. Mm -hmm. So for us, we didn't even really stop to consider that we might fail at it or that we might not be compatible at it simply because we had so much life behind us. Mm -hmm. I can definitely see that if we had only known each other for a year or for two years, that that might be a completely different question and something you would have to think about. Mm -hmm. I love that you said we didn't even have to think about it because I think that's when God is behind it mm -hmm. because it's like saying yes to proposal to marriage. It's so scary. You have to be really sure to jump off that clip. Uh, and so you're so in love and you don't really see the blind spots in somebody else or yourself that you say yes. And then you get into it and you trust God for the rest. And um, not that you guys are in a marriage, but in a sense, you're having to give and take, but you're so passionate about the same thing, number one, Christ in your families. And then the main thing that's come out from what I've seen that you're producing is this whole legacy of kindness. And so I'd like uh, you to tell me, how did you come across that being your theme? Like people think of hospitality, they think of me or mentoring. And, uh, but for you, at least for now, it's kindness. So someone tell us, how did you think this is it? More than Naomi and Ruth, even though they were kind to each other most of the time, um, how did you get this theme? Maybe Kristen, want to answer that? Sure. Well, we it kind of started for us um, one uh, November when we were sitting at a coffee shop and we were kind of bemoaning the fact that it was November and our kids already had really long Christmas lists. <laughs> um, and so we decided at that point in time that we wanted to just refocus the season on um, Jesus and, you know, take, take some of the focus off of the materialism and, you know, what our, what our kids were getting. And so with that, we decided to do um, something that we called Advent Acts of Kindness. Each day during the month of December, we would rotate and do an act of kindness every day. And then we would post about it on social media and we asked others to join in with us. And so we did that for several years um, until one year in January, um, just after we had finished with our Advent Acts, I asked the, the ladies if they would con what they thought about doing it for a whole year. Mm. And I think that they probably thought I was crazy. 
Uh, but they very graciously agreed to try it out and see what happened wow. with our families. And so that's what we started doing. We did a, a full year of kindness every day. We kept a Google Doc with, um, you know, our comments on what we had done that day. And, you know, there were days where it was easy and there were days where I was scrambling at 11 p.m. because I had forgotten <laughs> to do something. And so I was... Kristen, just know, to make this, all three of you mm -hmm. do it each. So you're really dealing with three times 365 acts of kindness. Yes. You had yes. that to choose from when you were going to write the book. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So that was really where we got our idea and our start for it. And so it's just kind of continued from there, Sue. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So at, so materialism versus Christ focus onto kindness. Some people might say materialism, Christ onto something else, joy in despair or mm -hmm. uh, choosing self-control or patience. Yet you chose kindness, which I think is so great because it crosses all lines, as we know, all political lines, all um, religious lines, faith lines, because no one really can argue with kindness. I remember seeing on the back of a toilet at a friend's house, <laughs> one of those uh, perpetual calendars, and it said, the most important thing is kindness. And it says, the second most important thing is kindness. The third most important thing is kindness. And I had three squabbling daughters at my table that night. So I told them about it. And they were like really bored by the third line, you know. And the third most important is kindness for me to uh, do what you did with your kids. What a legacy you have for your own children. They will never forget this. They will multiply this in their dorm room when they go off to college in their sorority when they see cat, cat fights, in their, um, in their own families with their children. And it will be equally hard for them because our default is often selfishness. So what, how has it helped you personally to have this focus? I'll start with you, Julie. The focus of kindness. Yes? Do you understand my question? Yes. Sorry. I, um, I think the, it's made me be intentional. I mean, the, the thing is, it's easy to think about it or say, I'm going to do it, but then to actually follow through and do it. And so what we saw in our family was when we started practicing it, first of all, um, it required intentionality, which has then flowed into other areas of our life. But it also gave us a better view of what was going on around us. And so it's made it easier for me to see and then respond when I come across somebody who um, is sick and maybe needs a meal or needs a note in the card or a, a note in the mail or just little things. And so I'm much quicker to take notice, but then I'm also quicker to respond. And I'm seeing that in my kids as well is that you know, it can be just so easy to think nice things, but then get distracted and move on with your life. And then you get to the end of the week and think, shoot, there wasn't a single kind act that I did. Or, you know, it's this idea of your intentions are good, but you just never quite get to the point of implementing them. Mm -hmm. And so that was one thing that we've seen in our family with kindness is that it's made us more intentional, but it's helped us to see and then respond quicker. Mm -hmm which I am thinking of writing a book, but I 
I keep, I said that the last one I interviewed only was a different topic. Um, <laughs> I can see you because God sees us yeah. and, yep. uh, and, and he sees other people through our eyes. And yep. so that's what, what you've been doing. Uh, what about you, Kendra? How has it made a difference in your life to have this theme of kindness? You know, I, I was thinking about um, what we've been talking about and even this idea of legacy. I think one of the things it's been an encouragement is just seeing how it has played out in our children's lives because we all do things to raise our kids and hopefully think we're raising them well. But I mean, our kids aren't perfect. They fight with one another. They argue They, you know, they do these things and you think like, Oh my goodness, I am like failing as a parent. And then you'll hear from a teacher about how they sat by, you know, the, the new child who came to school who didn't have anyone at lunch. And it's like, okay, wow, doing these kinds of things, adding this to our lives is making not only us be more intentional, but it's making our children to be more intentional as well, which is a huge part of our legacy. You know, we think legacy is like this huge thing, but it can actually be really, really small too. Mm -hmm. um, in a lot of ways. And so that just makes us go, huh, okay, maybe we are, maybe we are doing something right with our children, you know? Um, so I think that's one of the biggest encouragements that it's had for me is that, because I, I think sometimes we worry that we aren't doing this right with our kids. Um, and, and I don't think we need to, I think if we just do small things, um, they see that example and they, they will take that on themselves. Uh -huh. That's so true. A wiser older friend told me when I first uh, was a new mom that more is caught than taught. And I got kind of annoyed when she told me that because I'm a good teacher and I'd rather teach it than show it. But uh, it takes a lot. It's a heavier workload for the Holy Spirit for us to show it than just to tell someone. And so what you three are all passing down to your kids are just so great. Okay, we just have a few more minutes, Kristen. How has it affected you? Uh, you know, I feel like my answer is probably similar to, to Kendra and Julie's. Um, just in the, the idea that, you know, um, it's important to stay others-focused mm -hmm. and, um, and what that looks like. And, and I think that, that even... Um, plays into what our calendar looks like and, mm -hmm. um, you know, the people that we choose to interact with and stuff. So I would say for, for me and for my family, definitely that's, that's what we have used as the framework. And that's all been grounded in uh, the kindness and the kind acts that we have, have laid in the past few years. So I would say that's the biggest thing for me. Well, I love that intentionality, how your calendar looks like. I know Monday I thought, well, I have sort of a blank calendar. And by that night, I had met with four people. So I thought, mm -hmm. well, thank you, Lord, that I had the flexibility. But that's what I'm about, what God has made me about. And so I was grateful, even though, you know, the dishes weren't done or what's vacuuming anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, real quick, would one of you just list off your books and then we're going to put all the information in the show notes. Mm -hmm. One other question I'd like you to answer uh, on email because we're going to be cut off pretty soon is um, what do you do when you feel tempted not to be kind uh, but you don't need to say that now but with you I would like to answer that in the show notes so be honest when you email me after this and someone's going to send me a recipe as well but yeah. um, let's see Kendra I want you to list off the names of your books and then we'll close it out okay so we have um, 
two, our two most recent books that have come out on kindness are the 365 Daily Acts of Kindness. Um, and then we have 100 Days of Kindness. Both of those are through Tyndale and you can buy them anywhere books are sold. Um, but we have a new book coming out this fall that's Ooh. going to be 365 Daily Acts of Friendship. Oh. And so kind of jumping off of that kindness idea, now we're going to be opening it up to friendship. Love so you that. can look for that this fall as well. So Fabulous. Well, maybe we can talk to you again because I'm, I'm speaking on the Friendship Connection in two weeks oh. in Southern California. And I would love to promote that book. And I just think you guys are great. And it's an honor and privilege to be your friend. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you, Sue. Thank you, Sue. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.